Thank you for joining us today on the Remastered Podcast with today's guest, Iman Saima, who will be speaking about uh, how to embrace the best time of year when I'm not feeling my best in relation to Ramadan coming up in the next few weeks. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to the Remastered Podcast. Today's episode is with Sister Iman Saima, and our topic for today will be how can I embrace the best time of year when I'm not feeling my best? With your host, Wafat Manasra. Assalamualaikum, Iman, and welcome. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for the opportunity and for the invitation, and may Allah put ease and blessings in the path of those who are behind the scenes putting this wonderful podcast together for people to benefit from. Barakallah fikum. I mean, Jazakallah khairan. It's a pleasure to have you today. Uh, Iman, I want to introduce you to our listeners um, and really allow them an opportunity to get to know you the way we have. Iman Saimi, she is a clinical social worker providing a range of social work services, including treatment for mental illnesses through individual couples and group therapy. Um, her, mental, the, her work in the mental uh, health field is a new shift. After serving in the education field and public and uh, private school sector and as school principal for the past 15 years, utilizing her master's degree in instructional leadership and education. MashaAllah, that's a lot of uh, experience under your belt, Iman. Jazakallah khair for all the work that you've done. Iman, she yeah. also serves as an executive member to her local interfaith chapter, as, an, as well as a community spiritual chaplain, offering first responders mental health support through the Institute of Knowledge where she has obtained her associate's degree in Islamic studies through the seminary program. It's a pleasure to have you here today. And decided to kick off a podcast series with Sister Iman Saima on Ramadan and starting with something that really has taken precedence over the course of the last year, mental health. Iman, can you speak a little bit to the concept of adjusting um, to Ramadan this year, it being the second um, Ramadan during the pandemic? Sure. Um... May Allah give us the opportunity to enter Ramadan in good health and wealth and peace of mind. All of us and accept from us our good deeds, our intentions, and our du'as and our fastings and all our acts of worship as we enter this holy month of fasting. You know, entering anything new comes with its newness, comes with its own, um, you know, way of, of accepting something new. So before we enter Ramadan, since we still have like a week or so, I encourage people to work on their goal for Ramadan. Now you're entering something that is timed, 30 days. Before you know it, we are in the last 10 days. Oh, we're getting ready for our Eid. And boom, it's Eid prayers. So it's, it's very timed and it's, it's right around the corner. And the Prophet ﷺ said, if my ummah knew, of the blessings that's in Ramadan, they would have wished Ramadan is every day. Or So you are coming upon a very blessed, blessed month, blessed time of the year, and it only comes one, one time a year. So enter it with the intention to want to get the best and the most out of it. Wherever you're at spiritually, wherever you are uh, emotionally and mentally, just Take it as an opportunity. This is a new coping skills that I am going to implement in my daily routine. Make 
plan for yourself, make intentions for yourself, and, and we want to start our journey with forgiveness. A lot has happened in the last year. A lot of changes have happened in the last year, including things that we did not expect and we didn't want. But subhanAllah, it was an opportunity for us to really look through what we are made of and what we have on our plates. We had an opportunity to have a divine intervention to stay home, to be quarantined, to be away with, from, from, from uh, any business titles or any, you know, um, any status in the society. Just to stay home, be with yourself, be with your creator, be with your family. Be with your whoever you're quarantined with. And sometimes you're being by yourself. So this is an opportunity for you to really reflect. How, what have happened to me in the last year? What are things I want to work on? What are things I want to implement? What are things that are really um, on my plate in a way that are stressful? And start with that. Into Ramadan with asking Allah to support you with that. And... Uh, Wherever you are spiritually, just know you are going to a place where you can be filled up spiritually. So come to Ramadan the way you are as it is. And have the yaqeen, have the certainty in your heart that it's here for you to serve you and guide you and support you with whatever you're dealing with. We all have unique dealings with our problems and our mental illnesses and our situations, our financial statuses and whatever we are we have on our plate come to come to it uniquely and take from it whatever uniquely you need from it so into ramadan with the idea you know what i am where i'm at and this is an opportunity for me to increase so really adapting a mindset as we are approaching it i think that's great advice um, I could personally speak to the idea of entering Ramadan with whichever you have, um, whichever spiritual level that you may have. This being actually uh, Ramadan for Mary, where last Ramadan I had um, a baby, so I didn't get to experience it to its fullest that some people really anticipate Ramadan to be. And so just having this opportunity to be so close to the next Ramadan, may Allah give us the, the blessed and experience of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Amen. to really have this opportunity to utilize it to our best inclination of growth and best inclination of attitude whereas sometimes we get disappointed or we get discouraged because of environmental factors or as you said divine intervention and ultimately it was Allah's way of humbling us and to take advantage of that opportunity so it being the second Ramadan during the pandemic we realize that a lot of people have dealt with grief and collectively experience other um, maybe tragic instances during this pandemic. As a community, there was a lot of uh, uh, transformative experiences and some have lost loved ones. Unfortunately, may Allah have mercy on their soul. Mm. Others have lost their well-being, maybe physical well-being or even emotional and mental well-being. And it being the greatest time of the year for Muslims, what are some things to keep in mind as we approach this uh, blessed month? Very good question. So grief is another unique experience that hits people differently. 
And each and every one of us, Muslims or non-Muslim, will go through some sort of grief on this world. We grieve when we lose loved ones. We grieve when we go through divorces. We grieve when we fall out from friendships or we lose any jobs. Grief is part of our human experience and it takes us from one stage to another. It is a painful page in our journey, but it's something that we will experience in this world. One of the promises of Allah for each and every one of us who believe on the day of judgment in Jannah for us not to experience grief and sadness because they are the attributes of this world. So the grief that people have experienced in the last year due to losing loved ones or things shifting or perhaps disappointments that happens in their career, in their jobs, in, in, in their schools. Some people are not able to get married and they're just kind of, you know, left to hanging in, with their fiance's situation due to the limited gathering that is allowed. Just know that it's true and it's real. And I want you to really acknowledge it. You know, sometimes when we go through different emotions, we culturally are conditioned to just put it under the rug. It came to you uniquely for you to experience it and learn from it. There is a lesson in grief. There is a lesson to the way that you attach yourself to people and, and things. There is a lesson in you getting closer to Allah. There is a lesson for you to choose uh, different attributes of Allah to connect with. And there is a lesson for you not to take things for granted and to really approach relationships and things differently. The way we dismiss, you know, gatherings and outings and texts we get and phone calls we get, not to take things for granted. Not now, I don't want you to overwhelm yourself and having to be everywhere, you know, as people invite you and text you and call you, but to choose differently, to choose from a place of, you know, nothing will last. And I want to enjoy this moment. And grief is part of this world. Now, grief comes to us in different, in, in waves, right? And it could come to us in times that we're enjoying dinner, or it could come to us in the middle of work, or it could come to us in the morning when we are waking up, or it could come to us in the middle of our salah. Whenever it hits you, honor it. Honor it. Do not put almost like a like a emotional band-aid on it. Like honor the moment, take a moment, disconnect yourself, cry. You don't have to explain yourself to people to say, I need a moment. And really be with that moment. Make dua for those who you are grieving or the or whatever, whatever you're grieving, make dua for that situation and then come back to life. See, any emotions we go through, it's not a way for us to disconnect us completely. It's for us mm -hmm. to go through the spectrum of emotions. It humbles us. It softens our hearts. It, it reminds us that we need to connect, connect with our creator. And then it takes us back to our responsibility. So in Islam, we have the concept of the mourning period, which is three days after we lose somebody. And people misunderstand that period to be a way to disconnect completely and forget about that person after three days. It's the rahmah of Islam and the way Allah designed it is for us to take on the responsibility and resume our life. Because if we immerse ourselves in that sadness and grief, we will slip into depression. Allah created That's us and designed this Islam to be complete. It's a complete way of life. That doesn't mean you stop crying. Yeah, you cry. You have a moment. You lost your husband, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your friend, whoever you lost. 
you still are sad for the loss, but you resume activity. It pushes you to go out and resume, so you won't slip into depression, subhanAllah. So grief is part of life. Honor it, process it, and, and make sure it takes you back to your to strengthen your relationship with Allah. Amen. I think it's very beautiful that you mentioned that, especially the three-day mourning period, because I felt like the trend this year was really, um, I need time for mental health. I need time for mental health. And you see that across generations, you see that across cultures. And um, but one extreme I did notice is that people have complete disconnect. You know, um, I'm having difficulties in my life. I'm really struggling, barely getting by. And instead of just giving it its true nature of, like you said, maybe possibly three days of mourning, we're in this uh, spiral of weeks and weeks of disconnect. And then it leads to a further emotional breakdown because you've lost the opportunity to get back into the normal routine of things. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's a very tangible uh, way for us to take uh, the most benefit of Ramadan, it coming around a second time during the pandemic. We all have struggles. Um, our state of mind might be something that is different than last year because you also see a difference in people's lifestyles from pandemic last year to pandemic this year. Mm -hmm. You know, last year, everyone was home at the same time. There was no vaccine yet. There was no understanding of what is this uh, pandemic uh, that we're going to live through. And now this year, because there's a little bit more understanding, uh, you find that things are half open or accommodated opening or transitional opening. So what is your best recommendation in terms of living uh, our best lives in Ramadan when there are the people that we love or the people we might interact with are in different phases of their lifestyle? Meaning they choose to quarantine and not be with you? Some people are full quarantine. Some people are fully active. Some people have um, in between. Um, it, it's like what, there's no level playing field like there was last year. The, the playing field was very leveled last year. Everyone was in the same position. True. So truly like um, just being able to address that for people, maybe addressing the guilt that if they choose to quarantine, they're not doing wrong by, um, you know, by enjoying the blessed month of Ramadan. And then those who have the privilege of being experienced Ramadan, maybe to a further degree than they did last year, to understand that others might not have the opportunity and it is a privilege to have that experience. Very good question. Let's unlayer it. Let's take it one okay. at a time. When we are coming upon this beautiful month of fasting, just to know your first and the foremost investment is you. So you need to have a plan for yourself, regardless of who wants to join or not join, or if you're going to see them, not see them, you are really entering a boot camp. You're entering this boot camp that will need to last you for the next 11 months. In the Quran, Allah says, Quran ala ma kanu This is exactly where we are able to see what had happened to our heart for the last 11 months. And we will be able to choose differently and we will be able to work on things differently, uniquely to what we need, right? So enter Ramadan knowing that this is my unique boot camp and I'm here to benefit the most out of it. Second, 
don't be judgmental of people's choices of being with their own families or don't want to come out. That's great. That's their choice. Part of also being a member in the community and a good friend is to really meet people where they're at. And if they're not comfortable, they're not ready, that's okay. We get people, <clears throat> we give people their space. And the beauty of the ummah and the beauty of belonging to a community is such a beautiful and relieving thing. You go to the masjid, you're going to meet new people. You're going to connect with new people. You might reconnect with people you knew before, or maybe Allah will bring new friends in your life. That doesn't mean we dismiss the friends who don't want to come to the masjid or don't want to break iftar with us. You get to, you know, um, broaden your circle of friends and social circles and how beautiful it is for people to come in your life in such a blessed and, and holy time of the year for Muslims. So work, do what works for you. Respect people's limitations and choices and to be open to the possibility that you'll be meeting new friends as you attend tarawih if, if your community is offering live tarawih and be open to the new gatherings and the new energy that will enter your life. But at the end of the day, this is a personal investment. It will be nice to reunite with people. It will be nice to make new friends. But the ultimate goal is to invest in my own journey and my own boot camp fully. I love how you related it to a boot camp uh, because truly it is a boot camp, boot camp in the sense that um, you know, there's the physical um, challenges that you might address, mm -hmm. the, the ability to um, stay away from food and, and, and water, but then there is a mental boot camp as well, right? And so I really um, would like to just address the concept of uh, mental health in general in our communities. We really feel like it's um, a collective struggle, regardless of age, demographic, race, and even mm -hmm. socioeconomic background. It's something that's very consistent, um, and it's something it's something very consistent. And I think that a lot of people fear talking about it, and they fear the stigma of addressing mental health or even admitting that there is such a thing as mental health in their communities. So, what is your recommendation now that we've had a dialogue of a year? truly amongst Muslim and non-Muslim community of this concept of mental health. What is the best advice you can give to our community leading into Ramadan and even when we want to go further than Ramadan um, beyond the 30 days? What's your best advice that you could give us? Well, I just want to highlight that the, the idea of having mental health as a science, as a way to cope or as a tool for us to use a resource in the community it's not outside of Islam. Every science that a man will discover and will study will fall under the science of Islam. And Allah willed it that way. So mental health falls under the umbrella of Islam as we learn through the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, how he dealt with his mental illnesses and not his mental illnesses, but mental um, exhaustion and disturbances that he had faced through his journey. We just finished talking about uh, Isra and Mi'raj two weeks ago and celebrating it as an ummah. And people think that it's this miraculous journey that the Prophet went on, and it is. But the Prophet was sent as a role model, as a teacher. So if you just think of Isra and Mi'raj as a miraculous trip, you as an individual disconnect with him, from him and from his seerah. So you need to understand the context of why he was gifted the Isra and Mi'raj. He was going through Amal Huzn, the year of sadness. 
he lost his wife Khadija, the love of his life, and she was his he, he was she was his internal support at home. She was the powerhouse. He lost his uncle, although he wasn't a Muslim, but his uncle gave him a status in society. He lost that. People who were in entering Islam were being prosecuted and kill and, and and dying in the name of Islam because they left that religion that people were worshiping the idol at that time. And he was kicked out of his home. He was ridiculed. He was mentally and emotionally drained and depleted. And he prayed. And from that prayer, Allah gifted him the Isra and Mi'raj. So mental health and mental wellness and mental illnesses is not outside of Islam. And we need to understand and recognize that as a community, it's not a new concept that now we're hearing about it because of the pandemic. It's just because we have this booming uh, sensation on social media and Instagram and all the therapists are, you know, posting day and night about it. We think that it's just happening now. Oh, no, it happened a long time ago. Sayyidina Yusuf, alayhi salam, when he was, when he was uh, taken by his brothers, his dad cried. There was a wisdom why we, for us to understand the different prophets' stories, to understand how they dealt with their hardships and trials. Now, as we go into Ramadan, again, as we said earlier, however you are, wherever you are mentally, you enter thinking and accepting that this is an opportunity for me to reshift and reignite and reboost and re-empower myself mentally. We're going to enter, we're going to enter um, Ramadan differently. Some of us are depressed or feeling down. Some of us are quarantined without our families. Some of us perhaps are still un unemployed. Some of us are kids at home, and it has been really a huge shift. Some of us has experienced problems in our marital statuses. So however it is, you're going to enter it with the idea of, I need to focus on this, and I need to be true to this, and I need to look into this. Seeking mental illness and mental health support is vital point for your healing journey. And don't be shy to do that. Sometimes we need medication to help us with our depression and anxiety. And sometimes the medication is temporary and sometimes medication is part of your journey. Sometimes therapy is needed for you to learn new skills, to see new perspectives. Sometimes distance is good from those who are stressing you. So you really need to know how you're entering it, what works for you. And if you don't know, seek support. So you will be given education and knowledge and awareness for you to enter it and get the most out of it. Appreciate that perspective. I hope and, and pray that our listeners are able to draw as much uh, tools and resources from this conversation. And personally, I think that... Um, as you said, this is an opportunity not to be missed. It's right around the corner. And it is something that will allow us to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, take advantage of this blessed month, spiritually, emotionally, and even uh, as an intimate growth in our Islamic, um, uh, as an intimate growth in society, I feel that like this is... Um, something that we always fear that we're not doing right by this month and instead to really um, assume that this month is going to do right by us and that's the best way to enter it well it's a two-way street 
commitment is a two-way street. It's what you bring and what you're going to get, right? So make sure you're bringing your best because you want to get your best because you care about yourself. You matter. You love yourself and you want to connect with Allah. And you know it's an obligation and you know it's your responsibility. So you bring yourself fully, however you are, you bring yourself fully to it. And this is an opportunity for you to connect with two main things in this world, the attributes of Allah. And subhanAllah, out of the wisdom of Allah, he gave himself several attributes, 99 different names. And he said, call unto me with whatever resonates with you. You might be a person who needs uh, somebody who you feel broken and you need somebody who mends you, al-jabbar. Maybe you are a generous person and al-kareem resides with you. Maybe you are a very forgiving person, al-ghafoor, al-ghaffar. So call unto Allah with an attribute that will make you feel so close. And so like, it's almost like Allah is your best friend, just like Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam was nicknamed Khalilullah. And if we think of what is the meaning of Khil is when you have no, there's no entry point because you're so close to that person. You want to have that relationship with Allah. The second thing that we are reviving in case it wasn't part of our everyday life is our relationship with the Quran and how that revives the, the, the light within our hearts and we become nur, nur ala nur, light upon light. When the light in our heart coincides with the light of the divine message of the Quran, and we will have this energized and renewed energy from within. We will be ignited from within and we come out of this month like really ready to take on the next 11 months. And subhanAllah, this is the opportunity that's coming upon us. And may Allah make all of us successful at the end of it. Thank you from the Remastered Podcast and Sister Iman. If we could just take one last opportunity to give one last piece of advice. Uh, the floor is yours. It would be great to hear the, the best advice of, of, the, of the session, inshallah. Barakallah, Fiki. I wanted to... I wanted to speak to the hearts that are filled with shame, the heart that are suffering in secret, and they can't really tell people what's really hurting them. Sometimes as we navigate through our world and our journeys and our lives, we might adapt to dysfunctional coping skills that could also be seen as impermissible in Islam. I ask you to enter to enter Ramadan knowing that you are worthy of Allah's forgiveness, you are worthy of Allah's love, you are worthy of Allah's accepting your deeds, and living in secret will not cultivate vulnerability within you or transparency, and ask Allah to really help you with it. Some mental illnesses, the root of it is shame, is when we live our life in secret shame, and we put on a, a social mask, and I'm not talking about the COVID mask, but the social mask that we are almost like perfect individuals. Mistakes and slips and sins are part of this world. It's part of everybody's experience. And we get, the, we get to repent. We get to start over and over and over because that's Allah's promise for us. No matter how many times we repent, no matter how many times we come to him, he is right there to forgive us and to conceal our mistakes. So if you are coming upon Ramadan feeling guilty, feeling um, what I hear from clients, they say, I feel dirty, come to it, ask Allah to forgive, start over and work every single day in baby steps. Barakallah.
Much appreciated. That was beautiful advice. Um, and it was uh, uh, perfectly timed too, because I feel like we were able to address the highs, but then I think it's really important that we address the lows. Everyone has different struggles. And I pray that everyone gets to take advantage of this Ramadan to its fullest and to go into it um, with the clear goal to take advantage of this opportunity. Amen. 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 May Allah bless us all with Ramadan. May Allah bless us all with the opportunity to experience Ramadan to its fullest. And I want to say Jazakallah Khairan, Sister Iman, it was really a pleasure to have you. And I want to thank the listeners for listening in and allowing us the opportunity to share some uh, wisdom with you. It was such a blessing to be here. And Jazakallah Khairan, thank you for joining us on the Remastered Podcast. We look forward to having you in the next session. Thank you.